Hey guys, it's Hannah, Brahachana, Bless Up, Dress Up, and now Sit With It podcast host. What's up, guys? How are you? I hope that this podcast finds you and just greets you with a smile on your face. Definitely smiling. Smiling hard about the episode I'm about to introduce you to. So this podcast has been just an amazing journey and an amazing experience. And I'm so excited to kick off my first guest episode speaking about a woman who not only is near and dear to my heart, but is absolutely a trailblazer and someone I think we could all learn from. So I'd like to introduce you to Liza Sakai, also a fellow Balichuba. Liza is a Persian goddess hailing from Manhattan. And having studied at NYU College of Stern, business, holla at this girl, she means real stuff. <laughs> Liza is one of the most put together people I know. Her style is always on point. She's super refined. And at the same time, she's very lofty. And what I mean by lofty is this girl is not afraid to dream. She's not afraid to roll up her sleeves and build something from its inception. She's inspired by the prospect of building something, building a community, surrounded by people that have values and that want to make a difference in the world, to do something that truly matters. And her brilliance has set her apart in her fashion industry, working previously at Bloomingdale's. But what I love most about Liza is that between our friends, she is the fashion expert. She's always picking out styles. You know that she's your go-to girl when you have something you know, coming up, whether it's a date, a wedding, you name it. You call Liza and she's got it for you. She's the person that I know predicts trends even before they happen. And it was really special to be able to sit with Liza and speak about what it's like to start something from scratch um, in a really unknown time. And also get to reflect a little bit about the energy of the Hagim as well as Yom Kippur that was coming up um, later that weekend. And I think that this episode just will really hit home for anyone who is, you know, inspiring to move past the confines that they've created for themselves and really reflect, sit with it, and start something extraordinary. Without further ado, let's sit with it. Good morning, Eliza. Hi, Han. How are you? What's up? Thank God. It's been a good morning. Yeah? What's what's the vibe like over there? Friday mornings, I, I don't do any work. That's the vibe. I get oh, coffee, I make kala, I make cookies, I chill with my sister. It's like an energy and shift, right? It's an and very necessary energy shift. Thank God. Yeah, I totally feel that. It's, it's definitely the Friday before Yom Kippur. I'm feeling it. I've been sitting with it. And with, you know, Sit With It podcast's nature, I always invite my guests to also sit with it and to <laughs> maybe explore something that's been on your mind, whether it's been this past week, this past day, maybe the past 10 seconds. And it doesn't even have to be a thought out conversation, just a complete stream of consciousness. So like you completely have the floor. Liza, what are you sitting with? Okay, I would say this week, 
there's been like a very consistent theme of something that's been challenging me in a really positive way, but since Rosh Hashanah that I've been struggling to get past. And it's this concept that, I, well, we'll get into it, but I work on a concept called the reflective. And with the reflective, I'm in a position of leadership, which is a challenge that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. And it just means that like the ultimate responsibility will always be on me. And I've never been in a position like that. And so mm-hmm. we're building something from the ground up, which means that I'm becoming, you know, the jack of all trades and I'm learning so much, thank God. But also this past week was spent basically mapping out everything that I need to accomplish in order to bring my idea to fruition. Mm -hmm. And that's been a crazy challenge because I would say 50% of that list, which is like 200 tasks long, I have (laughs) no idea how to do. (laughs) I barely even know what it means. And Mm -hmm. so I've just been sitting with this idea of like, in, in reality, I cannot, like, I, I can't accomplish this. It's not possible, right? Based on the facts of there's a million things that I have to do in order to accomplish this that I literally don't know, and it's impossible for me to learn all of them, and I don't have the money to have someone else do them for me. So in reality, it's not possible. But the whole theme of, of Rosh Hashanah and of the Chagim is, like, this idea that Shem overrides literally everything, like, all of reality, all of logic, and in the same way, he can do that for me in this situation. And because Absolutely. I wholeheartedly believe, thank God what I'm doing is, is something that Hashem wants to bring into this world and I'm just his vessel bringing it into it. If he, want to, if he wants to make it happen, every single one of those things can be accomplished. Exactly. So that's, that's what I've, in the beginning of the week, I didn't have that clarity and it was very hard. But through my davening on Rosh Hashanah and in preparing for Yom Kippur, I've just been realizing more and more how much is not in my hands. And usually that stresses me out, but in this way, it's like in the best way possible. Wow. So I'm sitting at that oh, burden wow. being lifted off, thank God, to go into next week, which should be a strong week. Oh, man. Wow. I feel like we all just need to like exhale breath because I'm with you. I feel like energetically, vibes, you name it, cosmically, like we're all experiencing that, right? Like it is the 10 days of repentance. It is a Zeretimein Shuva. And what is this, like, what is this tunnel leading us towards? Um, I got to speak with your sister last week, right, about um, the, you know, the journey from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. And I think that this experience really kind of magnifies us looking inward, being real with ourselves, right? Like seeing what I can and can't do, but then also realizing if I put this in Hashem's wheelhouse, I'm just going to lean in. It's like the test of Amuna and Bitachon um, and trusting that he's going to provide for you. Like, Liza, if reflective, and I know it, that's why you're here. If the reflective <laughs> is meant to grow as it should be, because it's affecting and connecting so many lives and so many people with their essence, you're going to find the means to do it. It might look like an overwhelming mess. And that goes to anyone who's listening out there. Sometimes you just have to take a step back because we're so close to that like problem saturated um, issue that if you take a step back and kind of like tap into your higher consciousness, right? Like your neshama, you remember like who's actually running the show and you just lean into his will, which is I think the whole essence of Yom Kippur, right? You're not necessarily being judged on who you were or who you're going to be, but who you are in the moment and what you need to fulfill whatever that mission you're sent on, like to complete in this world. And with that being said, I think it's like a perfect 
introduction to you and the reflective and all that you're doing. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, your background with, with fashion, you know, this, this thing called the reflective, you know, some of our listeners might not even have the honor of knowing what that means. So just kind of walk <laughs> us through like the background of it. A hundred percent. So I have been someone and I always cringe at this, but that has a passion for fashion since I was <laughs> a child, like since I could pick my own outfits out and that was always like my defining factor. You know, everybody knew that about me literally in middle school and high school. When I got to college, it was like, oh, that's Liza, the girl that likes to dress nicely. <laughs> and I worked in fashion since I was 15. So like all the girls were going to camp for teen tours. And I was going to my internship on 7th Avenue, having the time of my life, getting coffee and delivering samples. I loved every second of it. <laughs> and thank God I went to college. I went to NYU Stern. And I was studying business. I'm like, really ashamed of mine. I get there and they start this new track within the marketing major called luxury and retail. It was everything I ever wanted to do. I was like, oh my God, this is Shem telling me at a time where I didn't even really believe in Hashem. This is Hashem telling me like, this is what I need to be doing with my life. And Hashem obviously throws roadblocks all of our way. My roadblock being that I decided to become religious halfway through college. Um, religious means something really different to other people. So I, I just, this is how I define myself. But like I was keeping Shabbat at this point. I wasn't even kosher. Definitely was wearing a skirt. But to me, that was religious. I was on this path of growth, this journey towards Hashem. And I was exploring it. And I always said, you know, like I'll never let it interfere with me being a businesswoman, me being someone mm -hmm. in fashion, me being someone that's going to achieve something. That was always my dream. Um, and then I became Senua. I became modest and literally dramatic effect. Um, and that was like, I, I, people always ask me like, how'd you start? And really it was like kind of a bet with myself. Like, Oh, you can't do it. And I was like, Oh yes, I can. And I just, <laughs> just to prove yourself wrong. <laughs> exactly. I would do it like once a week. Then I started doing it twice a week and three times a week. And then it kind of just like spiraled. I was like, all right, this is what I do now. And I noticed a crazy shift in myself First of all, it was really hard for me in the beginning to dress modestly and fashionably. I couldn't find that balance. So I lost that whole essence of like me being this stylish girl, that whole defining mm -hmm. factor that was literally the core of my personality and my being of my energy. Was right, your identity. It was, it was actually a really painful process. And for like a year, I just became this like meek, quiet girl who like didn't know herself anymore. Right. And a lot of people in my life recognized that it came with a transition into being more covered up. So they just couldn't understand it. And they were so frustrated with me that I was, you know, losing my energy for this mitzvah that they felt wasn't serving me. And mm. there were so many times where I lost touch of it. And then I actually went to seminary in Israel to Nevei, Yerushalayim. If you don't know it, it's a great place. <laughs> and I got to learn with a lot of mentors that, showed me why it was that Sneet was such a challenge for me mm. and showed me how I depended so much on my externality in order to define who I was in order to communicate with people um, and how that wasn't serving me anymore. Right. And that's, and was, I guess, in essence, also the opposite of what Sneet really is, right? It's internality, like being yeah. like how you see the world is through an internal lens rather than external. Exactly. And that mind shift was like the juice that I needed, you know, to, 
to take my SNU to the next level. And I realized I had an opportunity as someone that was always in fashion and always loved it and, and was slowly, you know, developing my modest style um, to be a Kiddush Hashem and to represent something that I know was a challenge for a lot of women in a way that they never expected to see it. Um, and to still be myself and to still be edgy and always have my leather jacket and my boots and my ripped jeans, but yes. to do it in a way that was internal, was I knew I was reflecting a part of me that other people couldn't see when I wasn't being modest. So just, just to preface, I'm not the most modest person in the world. I definitely am like super lenient and growing, but that was hey, a huge It doesn't matter. It's about you. That's your personal relationship. And I think the at least from you know knowing you personally and knowing the vibe of the reflective which i'm i know you'll get to um it's not about creating a standard obviously you're informing of your standard but you're embracing the fact that there is an interfaith component to modesty it's not just you know the fact that you and i happen to be jewish yes there's a modesty component but other religions also um value this concept of modesty of course it's different to everyone but you know i think who are we to judge, right? You can only judge someone when you're in another person's shoes. And I don't think you'll ever have that experience. So bottom line, judge favorably, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so then I was working at Bloomingdale's with this whole modest look and that was a challenge. How was that like, really? like your, you know, coworkers, peers, like, did you feel like you stuck out compared to everyone or not so much? So actually nobody noticed for the first six months. And then I remember one girl came over to my desk and she saw this really cute skirt that was a sample. And she's like, you should take it. Skirts are so your thing. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. She just thinks this is my style. She has no idea that I do this like with faith behind it and with meaning. She just thinks this is like my look. And actually my boss at the time, um, she brought me in as an analyst and mm -hmm. just from seeing my style, from seeing my eye when we went to trade shows, she ended up bringing me on to help her with all of her buys. So mm -hmm. it was just like that clear sign of, even though I'm this girl that you know has these limitations and restrictions, I can rise above you know, the crowd. And I stood out to her in the beginning of work and she took me on and, and took a risk on bringing me to all of her clients and all her vendors because she appreciated my style, even being so if that wasn't a sign I don't know what could be that like that wasn't a denominator it wasn't a factor exactly um but then everything changed because I got laid off during COVID oh so my majority Just of my team got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> but for both of us I mean it pushed us in the right direction and, and for sure that was what ultimately led to the reflective so that's why I'm here yeah tell me about how COVID was the right time for you to bring this like idea um, into fruition? Like, were you already thinking about the reflective? Like, was it on the back burner or was it something that completely spurred out of the experience of leaving, leaving Bloomingdale's of realizing like, wow, like I do have potential in this field, regardless of how I may restrict quote unquote myself in my style. People see it as my style. It's like, oh, this person dresses super edgy. Oh, she's more like modest. Like it's yeah. not a restriction. It's a trend. Yeah. Right. For sure. So I would say Bloomingdale's gave me the confidence, but the idea was there from a year prior, actually. And I had done so much research on the industry and the potential. Um, and I actually went to a really good friend of mine. Her name is Lauren. She's a good friend of yours too. Yeah, and he's someone, 
<laughs> she's someone whose style I always had admired. And I knew she also was really struggling with the balance of modesty and staying true to her style and personality. Um, so I went to her and I was like, this is what's going on. It sucks right now to shop modestly. It's not easy. It's not cheap. It's painful for most women. And it's so not what it should be. Like this mitzvah should be a challenge because every mitzvah is a challenge and that's what Hashem wants for us, but it shouldn't be a painful challenge. Mm-hmm. And so we sat and we brainstormed and then we brought in friend Danielle Emmerman, who's now also part of the reflective team. I was brainstorming with her, like, what could we do to fix this? What's the concept? How are we going to solve this problem? And back and forth going through ideas with her and then going to a friend, Raquel, who's now also on the team and saying like, what would you want to see? Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think that's a good idea? And then that's really how the reflective was born with, with many minds. Um, and just like a consistent stream of consciousness, we, we shifted and changed our idea a million times until it's developed into the path that we're on now. But right now, all we're trying to be is a digital platform and community for the modest woman. So we speak directly to her, we're open, we are honest about where we are in our, in our journey in modesty. We don't limit ourselves to any faith, as you said, like we bring in Muslim women, Christian women, we try to show that this is a core value amongst all humans. It's not a Jewish thing. It's something that we should all be able to appreciate. Um, And we try and make this easier for her. So there's an education aspect, which is styling. And then there's a product aspect, which is sourcing. So we try and bring those both together. And we send out a newsletter every week that proposes products that are excessively priced um, and fashionable. And we teach them how to style it at the same time. So it's this game between right now Instagram and this newsletter, and there's a much larger plan for growth that we can go into later, but that's where we're holding. And it's wow. And I think what's awesome by about all of this is just the community element, a part of it. And I think that it correlates also with this team um, emphasis that you've had, like you didn't come in um, you know, saying like, I'm going to run this show and that's not your personality. I know you personally, and you're not, like that year about, you know, creating a bigger we than an I and fostering something that is actually helping other people rather than glorifying your own um, like position in the industry. So I know that like intention is super important to you. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it's like for you, right? To let go of these responsibilities, something that you mentioned when you were sitting with this um, this past week letting go of responsibilities, you know, obviously you trust your team. They wouldn't be a part of your team if you didn't, but that's still really hard. Like, here's my idea. Like I have a vision. I want to see it through, but I don't have the means to like, I have to let go at some point. I can't do everything or it's going to fail. So what was that experience like, you know, delegating and entrusting and asking others for help? So I'll start off by saying that you know me now, but the core of my personality is to be an absolute control freak. So <laughs> it's it's been the biggest blessing and the biggest challenge of this whole process working mm-hmm. with the team. Um, but it's the most humbling aspect of, of this process. I think it actually ties back into Rosh Hashanah, this idea that I was talking about before of like letting go and letting Hashem control. That's the idea of, you know, crowning the king. It's of saying like, mm-hmm. I actually am nothing and you are everything and I'm here to serve you and what I'm doing. And if I was trying to serve myself in this, which at times, of course I am, and my ego gets in the way, then I would really take control of everything. But I'm constantly reminding myself that I'm here to serve Hashem and Hashem wants me to bring other women into this. That's always been, as I said, Mm -hmm. the community aspect, that's always been a part of it. And something I've always known about myself is that 
I'm good at really specific things, thank God, as is everyone. And I'm, thank God, a pretty smart girl, but nobody can be a master of all trades. And that's something I learned really on. Um, it's a humbling, it's a humbling um, notion to finally like resonate with, for sure. A hundred percent. Like, for example, social media, when it, when it came to the reflective, that was something that I knew we needed to get off the ground. And I haven't had an Instagram since 2015. So there's no way for me to go in there and say that I'm the best person to do it. And I actually, I remember Raquel, one of the girls I was speaking about before, and I decided just like to put out a feeler and we texted some girls on the FIT that we knew and we said, do you know anyone that's interested in modest fashion that could run this Instagram for us? And I called a now member of our team, Naria, um, in LA. She had no idea who I was, like literally a stranger. And I called her and I said, I absolutely know nothing. I am willing to give you 100% of the reins of this, but I need you to come in and use your visual and artistic talent to take this to the next level because I'm not capable. And that was the first time in my life where I had to admit that I was not the best at something. And wow. it's been the best decision that I've ever made. She's a superstar. If you haven't checked out our Instagram, this is not a promo plug for us. This is a promo plug for Naria. She's amazing. Literally and so on point. So she's, on point. she's just a star. And like, I always said, you know, at least I'll control like the styling aspect of the social media or something. And then I found out she's in LA. So I literally can't control it. And she just takes <laughs> care of everything. And she's a boss and she does it so well. And that was like the biggest lesson for me. And I think seeing her accomplish that allowed me to hand over the reins to everybody else on the team and start to trust everyone with their wow. strengths. Danielle's strength is content and writing and she does it 20 times better than I ever could. So whenever there's a question about that, I go to her and I'm like, boss, you tell me what to do right now. I have no idea. <laughs> You know, Raquel right. and you end up learning from each other too. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I learn more from them every day than I do from everything that I work on combined. So it's been humbling. It's been an honor to work with them. They're the smartest team of people and the most talented team of people. Um, and we keep trying to grow that team. Like we're not trying to keep it to us. We spoke to three people yesterday that want to be on board. And that's the goal of the community is that everybody should be involved if that's what they want. Um, so it makes it all the more exciting. I've met people from like literally I, I as you were speaking about this there was like one thing that I was trying to like bookmark in my mind and this you know <laughs> concept of the Judaism of like a tzedem elokim right everyone has like a divine essence in them and like a spark of God like we all have that essence and when you're able to recognize that spark in someone else like their strengths things that they can bring into this world you are also in turn not just not just redefining what it means to believe in another human being and their purpose, but you're also just reiterating your faith in Hashem because he created that person exactly as they're meant to be right with their strengths and their weaknesses, like you and I. And when you can acknowledge like, this isn't my strong suit, but this person is, and I'm going to let them teach me and also run the show it's not just a humbling experience for yourself, like characteristically, right? Like the meta work, you know, I always say that in order to find balance, sometimes you have to go to like the opposite end of one spectrum. This is like a concept that Rob Dessler speaks about. And then like, it's like the idea if you like have this image in your mind, if you fold back a corner of a piece of paper and you bring back the corner, it's still folded, but you want it to stay laying flat on, you know, the table. So you then have to fold it the other direction completely so that it can be completely leveled. So in order sometimes to rectify that character trait in ourselves, we have to go the opposite way, right? So you completely, you know, we're not a control freak. You completely like grew a team that's still growing. And now you're finding that middle ground as not just, you know, a leader, 
but um you know this is your baby and you're cultivating it with other like-minded women and it's just absolutely inspiring like i'm i'm just like in awe i don't know if you guys can hear it but like jaw has dropped <laughs> but you know obviously liza i think um it's important also to reflect especially again this time of year it's just like shame shamayim that we're talking about this because i think it's important for each and every one of us to really kind of do like a hajbon hanafesh, this like internal checking um, and accounting for, right? Especially for the new year. And I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit of, you know, experiences that you thought would be easier that ended up being more difficult, vice versa. Um, and any advice that you have for people starting off, myself included, guys, I literally, before Liza and I hopped on this this lovely call, I actually gave my notice in for a previous um, job that I was doing because I'm trying now to like pursue what actually like you know quote unquote sets my soul on fire. So Liza, like lay it for us. Like tell us any advice that you have, like things that you've learned from this experience so far. So I'd say the biggest challenge also came up very recently, um, and basically we just found out that our our long term goal is also somebody else's long term goal. And I never, you know, envisioned that there would even be competition in this small, tiny space. Mm -hmm. um, but there's massive, talented competition out there um, being run by someone that's like already sold two companies and has that's so much more experience. <laughs> and like she has thousands upon thousands of followers on Instagram. She's an, I'm not going to name her, but she's an amazing woman and she should also have success. Um, and that that in and of itself and i cannot say that i've gotten over that challenge but it's just a crazy feeling like when you get that kind of news your initial thought is like oh this is already happening this world mm -hmm. doesn't need me anymore i have no purpose left and time to move on and like i started looking for jobs that morning i was like what am i doing this is crazy oh my gosh um like prepared to give it all up you know i was like all right it's three months of my life i learned a lot it was really nice next chapter yeah. and <laughs> It really, again, resurfaces this idea in your soul, right? That it's coming in, you know, at the perfect timing in the 10 days of Teshuvah, right after Rosh Hashanah. This idea that, like, again, if I, I, I fully believe that Hashem wants this to be happening, just from the messages we get from women daily, the emails and the Instagram DMs of, like, you're changing my perspective on what it means to be a modest woman. You're taking just... away, <laughs> you're literally yeah. taking away my pain. You're making this exciting. You give me something to look forward to every single week and every single day. No matter what, if I'm the most successful person in this or not, if our team, you know, we all get jobs from this or not, like, it doesn't matter. It, 100% and Hashem wants us to be doing this right now. And those signs come in every day. And you know, right after I heard this crazy news, I got a lot of those signs. So for me, that was like Hashem saying, stop and, and refocus, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But yeah. again, just that consistent theme of like, this isn't about me and Hashem wants it to be happening. And he'll give me a sign if he doesn't want it to be happening. This is not that sign. This is just a sign that I need to work faster, move hard, like work harder, move faster, and take this to the next level. And I spoke to Raquel after this call that I that I had finding out about this news. Mm -hmm. And her and I are very similar in that we have this like realism inside of us. Like, oh, if this girl's doing it, like we probably shouldn't do it. Right. The voice of and doubt gets really, really loud at that point. Your eats are hard It's screaming. And Literally. we both... We're like, this is going to be the biggest challenge for both of us. And that's why Hashem is putting it in front of us. Exactly. Exactly. We need this, but it's, it's exactly why we should be continuing to do this. 
Your Yatsuhara pounces <laughs> on where, like, whatever aspect in your life has the most potential. Like, why is it that, like, the minute someone starts davening, like, at least for me, the minute I, like, take three steps back, I'm already, like, so when's lunch? Like, oh, I really like her outfit. Like, are you kidding me? So I get, and then, you know, I get so frustrated and I'm like, oh, hmm, maybe Hashem's trying to tell me you have so much potential with your davening, so I'm sending the Yatsuhara after you. So take that as exactly. a message. Liza, you have so much waiting for you through the reflective. Just keep going. Like, you, like don't let your, you know, emuna and your, your bitachon and also just, like, your confidence in yourself. Like, you got this. Like, you have the tools or else this wouldn't, this wouldn't be happening. You're, like, you have the tools to make this happen. You all do. Hashem. I, I really do wholeheartedly believe that. And... It's just, I know it's where we're all meant to be right now. And it's what gives us all passion and fire every day amidst all the craziness that's, you know, been in the world in these past six, seven months. So no matter what, it's a blessing. Absolutely. And, you know, I think to to end on that note, um, it's hard because I think that we all kind of get a little um, flustered and we're thrown off guard when we see someone who's also doing something magical we admittedly resonate that with like oh my gosh like now I, like what I'm doing isn't going to matter and I think that is where like society has really let us awry because when you see someone else doing something just as wonderful as you are you know just like lean in and like give them a hug like high five them collaborate with them you know build them up like we shouldn't be tearing each other apart and that's why I think there's so much um you know competition and like disillusionment and disconnection within society like subconsciously it's just so embedded in like our culture and I I think we're both like very grateful to be a part of you know a community a group of friends um this community through bless up dress up the reflective and a greater community in Judaism that really fosters the notion that like, no, like we're building something here. And the minute you look at someone else's, you know, achievement or anything, it's actually a concept of Sanua, which is crazy. I was sitting in a class with um, Mrs. Gersh, a teacher that you and I both had in Neve. And I had no idea that she was going to be talking about Sanua. It was one of those days where I was having something yesterday. I swear. Literally, this happens all the time. Oh, I have chills. I can't. So I ended up going into like a Thursday class, 1 p.m., right, on Zoom. And I was like, hi, this is great. I just want to say hi. And I was like, maybe I'll stay, whatever. I'm working, you know, cool me. And she starts like throwing down these really intense, like, ideas that I just needed to hear. And one of the key things that she said is that when you look at someone else's life or success or something that isn't of yours, it's what produces eye and hara, right? Like the evil eye. But it's also like a part of guarding your eyes. There's a mitzvah that most people associate with men, right? Like they guard their eyes. They, I don't like bringing in this whole like gender stuff into it because a mitzvah is not just for like a guy or a girl. It's for all of, all of us. Um, there's a feminine aspect and a masculine aspect to it. And she was saying that like when you see someone's success, that's not yours. Like when someone gets engaged, for example, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be married. Okay, I understand that. Validate that feeling. Yes, we, we want that. We should all be married with the right people. But when you see a friend getting married to their person, you're, you're craving something that isn't yours. Thus, you could perpetuate an ayin hara. And it's, the minute she said this, I was like, what do you mean this is Sanua? What, like, hold on. Like, I thought, Ma, like, 
she's like, no, modesty is not just like, you know, these garments that you wear on your, your, your body. It's the garments that wrap your soul and protect you. It's your internal world and the way you see things. And at the end of the day, it's a boundary, right? Right. Like it's where you're letting people come in and then you're saving a part of yourself for the people who are closest to you. And then, you know, it's just layers upon layers. So I think that the reflective is just, you know, kind of peeling back one layer at a time to show people that we're so much more multidimensional than we think. And that's okay. It's okay to have multiple passions and multiple styles and, you know, different ways to express yourself because you're, you know, you're not flat. Like we're so 3D and technicolor and all the things. And that's how Hashem wants us to show up in the world. And I think that your entire team, like, has the biggest like applause for me. Like I have so much a car as a toe for what you guys are doing and the fact that you took the time to sit with it and to speak out like this frustration you've been having and carrying this week and, you know, opening up the space for the two of us to communicate about this, for us to share with our communities and to hopefully like create an everlasting dialogue between this conversation, right? You know, taking something that seemingly is painful and um, it's hard to navigate, right? But there's always a bracha surrounding that, right? There's, there's, there's sheker, right? Falsehood and uncovering the bracha, that blessing, you have to like peel back those layers and that's what you're doing. So thank you. I'm so, this was beyond words. Thank you, Hannah. And it's been an honor. I mean, I didn't get to say it here, but you also work with us on the reflective in, in a capacity that is so special and I just want to say that I think a lot of people in our positions you know we're both we're not competing in a space but a lot of people could see that blessed dress up and the reflective serve a similar purpose and you have set such an example for me in the way that you've used it to create synergy rather than competition and allowed us both to promote each other and our goals and our success and that's exactly what community is about and what we're both trying to achieve. So it's really an honor to be a part of everything that you work on. And it's an honor to have you as a part of the reflective community. And I'm so excited to see where Sit With It goes and where the reflective goes. Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Guys, thank you all for listening. Um, we're sending so much love to everyone right now. Like it's about to like turn into like the afternoon, Arab Shabbat, before Shabbat. And there's just like a really palpable feeling of just like good. I don't know. Can you feel it? Like, I feel good. Um, 100%. And we're just sending lots of love to those of you who are celebrating um, Yom Kippur. You know, Gamar Hatimatova. We wish you an easy and meaningful fast, a lot of clarity, and that you come closer to yourself through the experience. And we'll see you again real soon. And never forget to sit with it.